0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my
1: mama, oh my mama, Megan, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jumps out, fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell them other guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear. Well-respected in a city like Russell's career. It's Reign and Jay's. Millies.
0: Welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics podcast, and we want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine. We are here for you Monday through Friday, and this is the Friday show. So welcome to the end of your work week. You made it. You did it. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I am John Corrales of the Rain and Jays here right now by myself, but joined shortly by Tony East of the Locked On Pacers podcast. We had a great conversation uh, about the Celtics and the Pacers and what's going to be potentially a very long month between these two teams. Uh, so stick around for that. All of you new listeners, welcome aboard. Hope you enjoy the show. Maybe some of you are Pacers fans. I want to welcome you aboard. I very much encourage the cross-listening between the Celtics and the Pacers podcast and other teams. Like If we're... If we face the Bucks, if we make it that far, then you should follow Lockdown Bucks and listen to them and whomever we play. But definitely subscribe to these podcasts. It's just a great way to get to know the other teams in the league and, and get really a very good local expert perspective, really in-depth stuff. So listen to all of these. Uh, every NBA team has a Lockdown podcast. So you should definitely listen to all of them. Because you'll really get a good sense of what's going on with all of these teams. So definitely check them out. And you can subscribe to Locked On Celtics or any of these Locked On podcasts with the brand new podcast app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And, of course, you can get into your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Celtics or Locked On whichever other team, Locked On Pacers, if you so choose. So... That's coming up. Tony East is coming up. But before we do that, just a couple of things that made news with the Celtics on Thursday, starting with a report on Yahoo that a Celtics fan was banned for two years for hurling a racial slur, the N-word, at DeMarcus Cousins when the Celtics played the Warriors in Boston. So this is a report from Yahoo. I don't know what the – it's not been confirmed by the Celtics. Uh, When we go and talk to the Celtics tomorrow, when the Celtics play, uh, the Pacers will hopefully get a a statement or some more definitive word from the team. As the report goes from Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes, that the – this fan – used that slur and has been banned for two years. The remainder of this year, not even two years, the remainder of this year and next year. Uh, I don't know what this means for that fan. If that fan, I guess, comes gets to come back after that. I, I don't know. Uh, the Utah Jazz, after it was revealed that Russell Westbrook in that viral video where he threatened basically to fight a guy and his wife, It it turns out that another fan, that fan was using uh, racially insensitive uh, language towards Westbrook. I'm I'm choosing my words carefully here, but uh, that fan was banned for life. Another fan was doing the same. It was found out after that, and that fan was banned for life. Why the Celtics chose to ban somebody for two years I I don't even know if it was the Celtics who chose to do that. If it was the security that's hired by the TD garden, I really don't know the answer to that. Uh, I assume because it was during a Celtics game that the Celtics had a hand in that, but I, I, I shouldn't say that the Celtics chose to do this. Um, because I don't know for a fact that the Celtics are the ones who chose to do this. So that's a question that we will ask and why a fan would be allowed to come back after after that is is a a question that I need to know the answer to. This is not okay. Like we, this is 2019 and it was never okay, but like it's time to just everybody everybody just get on the get on board here. I, I don't even know what words to use because it's just so frustrating. It's just so... An- why? Why? At this point, why are we so hateful? Why? Why? Why are you using this language? Why? Because he's on another team? I'm no fan of DeMarcus Cousins. I don't like DeMarcus Cousins. I've never I don't know him personally. I don't like him as a basketball player. But... He's still a person and to use this language, it's disgusting. I don't want that guy. I don't want that fan in that building. I go to work in that building. I don't want those people in that building. I don't want to be in a building where people quote unquote fans are out there hurling this language. I don't want to be walking by these people who are using this language. I don't want to be in the building with those people. That's just. No. Can't. It just can't be. It can't be. We can't. and, And we all have to work together. To get those people out of that building. This has no place. No place. In society. No place. We got to work together. If you see it. If you hear it. Call that person out. Get security. Kick that person out. And if it's if that's a word you choose to use, get out of here. I, stop listening to the podcast. I don't want you. I don't want you. Block me, I'll block you. I don't care. We can't have that. Not now, not ever, but especially not now. Not moving forward. Come on, man! I it's just infuriating. It's infuriating to me that somebody would use that language. And Boston's got enough problems. Boston's history is is not great, and the conversation around Boston being a racist racist city uh, it's it's problematic. Um, and it's, it's a conversation that, uh, too many layers to talk about on a, a Celtics podcast, but it's a conversation that's worth having. And does Boston have a racist history? Of course, every city does in America. Of course, every city does. Uh, And there's still, it still exists in Boston, just like it exists in every city around America and hell, maybe around the world. Uh, It's disgusting to see it. And uh, the Celtics have to answer for why it's only a two-year ban. I'm going to leave it at that not because I want to, but because it's going to be a long podcast and you're not here for this, but we're also here because this is something that's happening in the city, in our city with our team. And one of the things that I love about basketball is that it is supposed to erase all of this. When I, as a basketball player, And even though I'm old and fat and washed up, I still consider myself a basketball player. And whenever I walk onto a basketball court, I want to be joined by four people who are going to help me win a game. And I do not care. I do not care if you are black. I do not care if you are Asian or whatever race. I do not care about your religion I do not care about your sex. I do not care about your sexual orientation. Basketball, I want to be out there with four other people that are going to help me win a game. And when I'm watching, I want to be sitting around people that enjoy the game the same way that I do. Regardless of who you are, color of your skin, who you pray to or if you do not pray at all, I do not care if you stand or sit to pee. I do not care about any of that stuff. Basketball is supposed to erase all of that. Sports is supposed to erase all of that. That's what I love about sports. The meritocracy. If you're good, you're good. If you are good, you are good. And if you know what you're talking about, you know what you're talking about. If you love the sport, you love the sport. Then you can hang with me and we can be friends. That's what I want. So that's what I'm talking about here. And that's what this podcast is about. We're out here to have some fun. We don't do the jam, which jam of the game just for certain people. It's for everybody, man. We have fun with this. So let's end this bullshit. Let's end this bullshit. All right. Everybody get together. If you see something, seriously, if you see something, say something, call them out, call those people out kick these racists out of the building. We don't need them. They can go cheer for another team or no team, I don't give a shit. Kick them out the building. I do not want you there. I do not I do not want you in the same building as me. We're going to move on. We're going to talk some actual basketball. I had a great conversation with Tony East of The Lockdown Celtics podcast. Cool guy. It's my first time talking to him and we had a really great talk. We talked for like 40 minutes and uh, it was supposed to be like half that but we got to talking and it was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to get to that after the break. Uh, so again, uh, thanks for listening everybody. I really appreciate all of you. Uh, lots of love for all of the listeners really seriously. Uh, I, I hope you uh, enjoy the show and we're going to get back to talking basketball right after the break All right Celtics and Pacers Friday nights this will be potentially the first of nine times these two teams could face each other (laughs) over the course of the next month. We are going to hate each other. And joining me now to discuss our future hatred for one another is Tony East, co-host of the Locked On Pacers podcast, and he covers the Indiana Pacers for the West Indianapolis Community News. Tony, what's going on,
1: man? John, I'm good. I'm riding the high of a a Purdue basketball victory. Indiana basketball can only... uh can only go down from here which does not bode well for tonight's game
0: (laughs) all (laughs) right let's talk about this so we've got um really we're at a point where it's only going to be who hosts like who gets home court here so let's talk about our confidence in our teams (laughs) first of all
1: so uh it's i shouldn't laugh that just gave it away
0: Well, as I was saying before we recorded, I have already tentatively booked my hotel rooms for that first weekend where the uh, playoffs start in Indy, assuming that we're going to start on the road because this is the this is the fourth seed that nobody seems to want, and if if the Celtics end up losing one of these games, then I believe the tiebreaker goes to
1: you guys. So, oh oh. I, I have not seen the same thing. Okay. What do you, Wait, what did it, you say if they lose both of these games, am I zoning no, out too much? The, the winner, the winner of,
0: if, if somebody, if, if somebody wins both games, then that's, that's the yes. tiebreaker. Yes. That's the tiebreaker. Correct. But if one of, if, if you win one of these games, then I believe the tiebreaker goes to you. Like if the team it's, split, then it gets
1: down to a point where it's I think, a conference record and they're tied in that too.
0: Yeah. It, I think you get down to like a fourth or fifth tiebreaker that, yeah, is is in Indy's
1: favor. I it's think. it's like record against playoff opponents in the East or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. So, uh, so what do you think? Are you you <laughs> you you seem to be thinking that it's going to be the five seed for
1: you guys? I am, um, but not be like, you know, you're obviously more plugged in with your team, but it's like it's turmoil versus schedule to me because the Celtics. So really competing with themselves you guys don't have like the hardest slate of eight games uh besides the pacers twice of course um <laughs> the pacers play every single game they play the rest of the way as against an east playoff team except for their final game in atlanta um and the hawks will play nobody their starting point guard will be someone i've never heard of before in that game so if it does come down that game i believe they will win but uh the celtics have the schedule in their favor however like you said because they play each other twice it's like what do, the, what do the advantages really matter? Like, what does being a game up really matter? What does the schedule really matter? Like, if you just win both of those games, you're basically a lock to get it.
0: Right. And, and this is going to be a weird scenario because if, uh, okay, let's just assume that both teams are actually trying to get that fourth seed. There, there is something in me that tells me that the Celtics might not care about the fourth seed. Like they're not going to do, they're not going to reach into the magic hat and pull out a rabbit to say, here's our magic play. We're going to win these two games and then go into the playoffs. They're not going to tip any hands to maybe let the Pacers know what a seven game series against Boston might be because I mean, it's, at this point, really kind of just minutia. Like what what the hell can Brad Stevens do <laughs> that would surprise like you, you run this thing, we have this narrative like, oh, hold things back, you never know what, what they're gonna pull off. But they do that and like what? What does that get you? Four points, six points maybe? Like, yeah, okay. That that could be the difference in a game, but after that, this this is the NBA coaches adjust, like, oh, oh, they're running a pick and roll with Kyrie and Al Horford? Who the thunk that would happen? So <laughs> That's I'm there's going to be some like holding back and not tipping every hand. But at the same time, what Boston needs to do most is just play well and stop being stupid. Like that's our, our motto right now for the Celtics. Just stop doing stupid things. Stop doing stupid things. Stop being like morons on the court and and play actual good basketball. You'd be fine. Um, so, that's the focus, and if that if that means you got to do certain things to to um, get to that point, and it, it's not necessarily going over the top to win one of these games, and I don't think Boston's going to go crazy, and be like, we have to win this game, like, oh, wow. or else it's all like, like I don't think that they're in that spot necessarily. They'd like to. Uh, they're better at home than on the road, but I don't think that they're just dying. Absolute dying to win
1: these games. Uh, I think the Pacers are, (laughs) I, I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did. Mark Monteith is one of the Pacers.com writers. He's fantastic. He wrote an article about the Pacers winning home court really bad. And one of his big points was in in, in series where the Pacers were the home team, They're 15 and five, and when or no, they're 20 and five, and when they're the road team, they're five and 15. So it's like historically, it's been a massive deal for this Pacers team. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, obviously, like when you're the road team more often than not, you're like the eight seed or like the six seed. So like, whatever. Sometimes you're the worst team. Like, there's obviously a bunch of variables there, but it obviously matters a big deal. And when one team has their superstar and one team doesn't, you need every advantage you can get. Now, I understand from the Celtics side where they're like, maybe. I mean, maybe I'm at off base here because I don't cover the team, but I, I'm assuming the Celtics will think they're better and think they can win regardless of if they get it or not, and that would be the reason that not that a team will give more effort or not, but like the Pacers might take it more seriously in terms of winning the head-to-head games.
0: Yeah, I, I think right now for the Celtics, they're they're looking to more get their matchups, and they're yes. kind of think, uh, yeah, like they're they're going big right now on the uh, Horford and Baines pairing. They need to see oh, how much. Yeah. The the Horford and Baines pairing will will work, and they need to get those guys more reps, more time on the court together, because both those guys have spent time injured. So, um, first of all, how do you see the Horford-Baines pairing working against the Pacers? Well, let's just start with that. I'll just throw that out there first.
1: Wow. I I said wow out of excitement mostly because so this this is mostly unrelated to the series, but a necessary concurrent. Um, obvi- like, if you know anything about the Pacers, they have two centers, Miles Turner, Demontes Fonas, uh, and, and the consensus around the world is one of them will eventually be gone. Um, because you can't pay a bunch of two guys to do one position. So the, the fallback for people like me is if they can work together, then you can keep both. And they're both very good. And that the likely scenario is if you try to find a way to work in two guys who are very good and fit in your culture, uh This regular season, they've done a good job, good enough job together. But it obviously doesn't matter if they suck together in the playoffs. But they can play more minutes together should the other team have two bigs on the floor. Lo and behold, <laughs> should, there be, should, should there be a scenario where it's Horford-Baines for the Celtics, that makes me happy if, if that is the wrinkle because that allows the Pacers to experiment with something that helps them in the future and something that's been moderately to decently successful for them. Uh, the offense can't really score with those two in the court, but the defense is unbelievable, like something like a 99 defensive rating when they share the court together. Um, so, head to head, like, Torford is far and away the best center of that group. And I don't know how, like, what the perfect answer is for him. I'm sure Turner can defend from the rim a little bit now, so they'll just try to match that up and hope they can get away with it. But, uh, when it's a lot of brute force like that, uh, I, I think the Pacers match up decently well just given their personnel and that Thad's such a scrapper when he's in the game, but, If that's a wrinkle they haven't seen, it could throw them off, especially because I mean, all four of their games this year are going to be vastly different. Like, Vic played in the first two, but one was a 30-point blowout, and like now it's a different Pacers team who has West Matthews, and the Celtics have their new guys. I guess that might just be Greg Monroe, but they're different. You know, it's hard for me to foresee like some wrinkle being the the thing that makes me go, "Oh, that that Celtics won because they were able to pull out." Baines and Horford. Like, I'm given the Pacers personnel, I'm not so scared of that being the thing that changes the series.
0: Right. Um, So that's interesting that that because we're actually both in the same boat. Like, the the Celtics offense takes a little bit of a a hit when it's Horford and Baines because it, it does clog the lane a little bit. Baines has stepped out, and he'll take a three occasionally, but he's not hitting it anywhere near any kind of percentage that makes him dangerous. But he'll take them and well like we saw in the series last uh last year against the Sixers uh, he'll he'll pop a few in he can get hot and and that can that could change the dynamic of a series but mostly it's a defensive thing with with Banes and Horford it becomes a defensive slugfest which means that we're in line for A mid-90s, 88-79
1: game. Grizzlies-Jazz, October-level scores. Oh, my God.
0: But that's kind of really what we have to look forward to. I mean, when you look at the, the possibility of two teams, they will play on March 29th, and the last game of the series could be at the end of April, maybe beginning of May. So... Two teams playing each other nine times in that span potentially, that's like at some point there's going to be a fight, like
1: there, <laughs> right? Like at some point. Who's the most likely? This is good content. Who's the most likely guy? On, oh, Marcus it's smart. smart. Mark. Uh, no, no, never mind. I know Marcus, the answer to that question.
0: Marcus Morris. Marcus. Dumb. One of the Mark. is going to Mar- be involved.
1: <laughs> I was going to say I. Is that a thing? Do you call it Mark? We,
0: we've we've called yeah the.
1: Oh, I love that. I wish we had two players with the same name. That's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. You could have get like another Sabonis it could be
0: like the Saboni, <laughs> the Sabona. Well, <laughs> if you want to be immature, the Saboners, but nah.
1: <laughs> well, when when Turner and, and Sabonis show the court, people call it Saboner, so <laughs> it already we already have that on right. our side.
0: I'm not the only <laughs> immature idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: the fight that it'll be uh, it'll be Thad Young and West Matthews versus uh, the Mori. Love
0: <laughs> it. Uh, I'm I'm in on that. Uh, that's that's inevitably like but that's what happens it's like um when you hear about a fight between teammates towards the end of training camp they're just sick of each other yeah and by the time you get to game five let's say and that would be the seventh game, like everybody knows everything there's no wrinkle that anybody could put out, no coach, no player. It's like everybody's put all their cards on the table. And this is why you talk about the playoffs, the best player wins, generally, because everybody knows everything. Everybody knows the plays. Everybody knows the defense. It's just a matter of which guy is going to make the play and beat another guy to a certain spot and, and do that often enough to win a game. And you do that often enough in as many games you can to to win a series like that. Well,
1: thank God the Pacers, the, thank God the Pacers have Kyrie Irving.
0: <laughs> and that's <laughs> why, and that's why the Celtics fans are pretty, I would say, pretty happy about facing the Pacers. Like, but I think Boston would much rather face the Sixers. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, we what? I, <laughs> we, Wait, what? We in Boston, uh we love the Sixers. Uh man, that's like that's like easy money. That right there. Like the the, the Celtics and the Sixers, man, the wow. they are oh that's a whole thing. Oh yeah, you didn't know about that? Hey,
1: well I know you always beat them, but I, yeah, I didn't that's know why. you want.
0: That's why. Oh, okay. Oh, that's like we fair. love it. like if it totally was, fair, <laughs>
1: if,
0: if the Sixers somehow ascended to the top seed, there'd be conversations in Boston like, "Oh, should we tank to 8? Can we get there?" <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) But but second on that list would be the Pacers because you don't have Oladipo. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. I want to come back because I think I I really want to get from your perspective what Celtics fans need to know about this team without Oladipo because not a lot of Celtics fans follow the Pacers and not closely enough to know – that what what's been happening without uh, Victor Oladipo? So we're going to take a short break, When we do that. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about that. And remember, all you new listeners, to get the show every day, subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics or Lockdown Pacers on the new Himalaya podcast app. You know, it's uh, the podcasts are exploding everywhere. It's too many to, to keep track of. So that what the Himalaya podcast app does is they personally personally curate the lists for you. To accommodate your tastes, so and they've got new features every day. So download the Himalaya app at your app store to subscribe to Locked On Celtics or Locked On Pacers. We're going to be right back with more. Victor Oladipo goes down with just a horrible injury. I mean, that torn quad tendon. God, I can't imagine an injury like. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that because Yusuf Nurkic just happened, but. That torn quad tendon is a brutal, brutal injury, and we thought, well, there go the Pacers. That sucks because uh, outside of being a conference rival, Tony, the Pacers are just an, an imminently likable team. Like we, just you can't not like the Pacers. You can't not like Victor Oladipo's story. All of those guys are just likable on that team. The whole situation, and maybe even more so now that they've banded together. And continue to fight. And now I know you're in a very, very brutal stretch of the schedule. And this is a little bit of, you know, to use the uh, old cliche, chickens coming home to roost a little bit. <laughs> but it's it's been amazing. And I, I just kind of want to get your sense, because one thing that's been coming up recently is that this Pacers team is reminiscent of last year's Boston Celtics team that lost Gordon Hayward early and then lost uh, Kyrie Irving uh, towards the end of the season and still made it to the conference finals and just ever so close to the NBA finals. So just for a Celtics fan who might not have been watching or not watching closely enough, how has Indy still maintained themselves? They're, They're still the fourth seed in the East after all of this.
1: Uh, a, a team effort is the cliche answer because, duh, like you don't have a star anymore. Everybody has to step up. So I'm not going to fall in the lazy answer. I'm actually going to say they found a guy to be a lead guy and a star, and that is Boyan Bogdanovic. And I know it sounds completely absurd that I just said Boyan Bogdanovic is a star if you're not keeping up with the Pacers. But he's averaging like 22 points per game since Vic went out. He's up to 18 per game on the year. His, his scoring output every night is basically what CJ McCollum or Lamarcus Aldridge put up. Which, when you hear it that way, you're like, "Oh, damn! Like this guy, this yeah. guy can actually score." And he's super efficient. Uh, 43% from three, really good from the line. And get there now. He's got this off the dribble game that no one knew existed until this year. Um, and they, you know, he's like, like when the set dies and now you're running a pick and roll or whatever. Like, obviously the Celtics are like, "Oh, Tatum, Kyrie, whatever." They have a million guys, so it's not like as big of a deal. For the Pacers, they have no one off the dribble anymore with Vic out, except now all of a sudden it's like, look, we have Boyan Bogdanovich to bail us out in these situations. And that's been just enough, uh, given that their defense is the second best in the NBA still, to get by. And that's been a huge reason why they've been able to be so good. Now, now I will fall back on the cliche. is It has been a team effort where Miles Turner is one of the best defensive players in the NBA this season. Darren Collison is is one of the steadiest role players ever. Thaddeus Young uh, might be the most underrated basketball player in the NBA. I mean, most, some of this is because he's on the Pacers and no one really pays attention to the team. But some of it is also that he's incredible. And their bench is one of the best in the league. Now, that matters less in the playoffs. But, you know, when we're looking at the success they have now and how they fall down to the four seed, it's really that that's been a huge part of it. So they, they just have all these pieces that have blended well enough for them to to be this team that, that it's the four seed.
0: Yeah, I mean it's wild, and and this defense, like between uh, Turner and between Young and, and the, these guys, I mean it's it's a it's a real like that's where you hang your hat. Like this is a a bruising, uh, active active hands moving around defense. Like they're they're really you when you watch a Pacers game. I mean you're seeing these guys, the communication, uh, which is. It runs counter to what Boston has been doing lately in their struggles, where a connected, communicating defense uh, like like the Pacers have had, anchored by um, Turner, who is still a, a young guy, like he's yeah, he, like that's that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize. For some reason, it feels like Miles Turner is like in his eighth year in the NBA. I don't know why I feel that way, but he. This is his fourth season. He's a 22 year old kid, and he's starting to figure this out. I mean, that's. I'll ask you this: It's special. It feels like to have this unit do what these do all of these things, but when you look at this cap sheet. Ah, oh, God. That. It's... Bogdanovich. Uh, you get, These guys are – a lot of these guys, Collison, they're all expiring. Like, this is – you have a ton of cap space, but you don't I, – I, this, this team is, is pretty special. It feels like – it feels you, you might want to run it back. And how do you balance that as a Pacers guy? Like, how do you balance that? Like, this is a special team that's been doing a lot, and we're going to get, you know, Victor Oladipo back. And then what happens – you know, when Victor Oladipo comes back, what does he come back to?
1: Completely fake cap space is what I'm calling it. Uh, I have a comparison for you. The Wizards went into the summer of 2016 with air quotes that you can't see a ton of cap okay. space. But that's because their entire roster was a free agent, right? So what they actually had was a lot of needs. So they need to spend money on a lot of players and instead they spend a lot of money on Jan Mahemey and Andrew Nicholson. Oh my god. And, <laughs> and you know, they they got they got some okay, like helpful dudes along the way, but right. that was the big chunk of their money. You know, they try to get Al Horford, which like even then they're left with like Walby, Porter, Horford, and nobody, um, which is a good team, to be fair. It's just it, it's a lot of money sinking one guys. So the Pacers will have like they'll be staring at like Ol- Ola Depot, Turner McDermott, Sabonis, Aaron Holiday, and a bunch of space. So it's like, yeah, you have cap space, but you have to sign like three forwards and another guard and maybe a third. It's like, it's not real cap space, if that makes sense. Right. So, it, but at the same time, like, I'm a human and I love hope. Like, Daryl Morey talking to Zach Lowe said it best. Like, the NBA sells hope. So you, so you look ahead and you saw this space and you're like, boy, oing, like, oh my God, we could, we can get Kemba Walker, we can get Jimmy Butler. Like, we can't, we're Indiana, but we could think like that. And that is the next step for a team that is, like, knocking on the door of being a conference finalist team. You're right there. So it's hard not to think that way at the same time. Um, So it's really a hard, like, meeting of my own minds with the Caps space this summer. And I have no idea what their plan is going to be because it could just be like, let's take Mike Conley into space or something like that. Um, But they they have a lot of ways they can improve. It's just, it's very odd because, like, like you said, so many guys are coming off the books and, like, with Boyan and Thad specifically, like, you almost have to keep them there's such an important reason why you're good now
0: yeah uh, it's uh, i mean well i don't want to i don't want to bog this down into too much salary
1: cap talk because um, you – No, I'm glad you brought up our summer because our summer is going to look like nothing in the entertainment department compared to your summer
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to distract everybody from our summer Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: Although we'll take all your draft picks if you want to just focus on the trade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's going to be an interesting
0: summer. Look, it could be for Boston. It could just simply be Kyrie comes back, they trade for Anthony Davis, and they roll out a team that's AD, Kyrie, Hayward uh, after a summer and the improvement that he's shown, Horford, who would still be around. You
1: think he opts in? That's an interesting thing for me. What's that? Do you think he opts in? That's an interesting debate no, for me. I don't
0: think – my, my ex- expectation with Al Horford is that he opts out and re-signs a five-year deal that starts in a team-friendly
1: range of – I agree. That's exactly what I think he does.
0: Yeah, I think something like $17, 18000000 to start, and then this way he gets – because he, even – he might be able to get like a two-year deal, a three-year
1: Two for 50 deal, or maybe? something.
0: Something yeah. like that, where he gets fifty million, but he won't get what he gets in year four and five. Right, all Celtics. Nice. Um, like and it's, it. at this age, that stability, being in the same city, uh, even if he gets traded towards the end, like he could just you know whatever retire and whatever. <laughs> you know, it, it's but yeah, I, that's my expectation w- w- with uh, with Horford.
1: Can I can I do outsider perspective Celtic stuff?
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, have
1: I have I have two 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 things that. I, I like everybody thinks about the Celtics all the time because you have Kyrie Irving and cap space and possibly Anthony Davis, like not actually cap space. You could have cap space anyway. There's like a lot of paths the Celtics could take to their team next year. So one of them to me is, is, is a Danny Ainge thing. And to me, it's like this whole time transparent or not, it's, it's felt like the plan is like, we're going to get Anthony Davis one day. Like we just are. So imagine you get to the point and then you don't send everything to get him Mm -hmm. and then you don't get him. Like I feel like that's gonna look bad for him. Like if it, if it comes out at all that like oh we, they, they didn't offer Tatum or they you know they didn't offer the one thing that would have pushed him over the edge. Mm-hmm. Like if you sold to fans like oh we're gonna get AD someday and then you don't, I I don't know if that's going to matter because the price could end up just being so high. But to me it's like th- there could be a bridge that has to be crossed there.
0: I th- yeah um I I don't think that a lot of Celtics fans would care. Like, I don't think.
1: Oh, I, yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of Celtics fans right now clamoring for, like, oh, my God, things are going to be better when AD comes around. Like, I literally... <laughs> and, and I understand, like, I live in a little bit of a bubble, but even in my little Twitter bubble, not a single fan has said, like, oh, whatever, as soon as AD comes, everything's going to be fixed. Like, I haven't gotten any of that. Right. Uh, I, I think people would be happy to bring back jason tatum and Jalen brown and i think really honestly if there's any one roster move that anybody's looking forward to it's goodbye terry rosier goodbye all
1: these these Pacers people want rosier from that one playoff series and i'm like guys like this guy sucks you can have him please is terrible he is sorry It's, it's he's
0: he um it's gonna be interesting I will just give him
1: a. it's little over, bit. right? It's the magic or sons are going to give him four for 60 and it's going to be hilarious. It,
0: it, it might be, it very well <laughs> might be, I, but I will say that I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Just, Ooh. Plain, okay. Ooh, okay.
1: Okay.
0: Now he's, he is not an efficient player. He has historically not shot well, but he has historically shot better as games progressed. Like, when he gets a, a good amount of playing time, generally it was like slow first quarter, better, better end to the half, maybe a little slow start to the third quarter, better fourth quarter. And above all else, he is still 25. Um, and he, he could improve, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that, that can make a, a huge difference. Um, if, if he gets his money and he feels comfortable in a role, and he's a starter that gets his thirty minutes, then maybe he can settle down with some of the things that he does that drives Boston crazy. I that's maybe that's that's me just being uh, like positive and optimistic about him. That might just be who he is, and some of those pull up shots that he takes can just be. Mm. I'll tell you what, there have been a number of times, and like that Charlotte game where the Celtics collapsed he was a, a, a big culprit in the uh, oh we're done with the ball movement cuz we this game is decided as soon as the game is decided for the boston celtics they there are a few guys that are like oh great it's decided all right time to pad my stats and rozier is definitely one of them and i think that has to do with his contract and i just wonder if like in the playoffs he didn't it didn't feel like that so i just wonder if that if that contract is out of the way if he can get back to just running an offense or whatever. I will also say this about Rozier. Not really a point guard. He's he's an off guard. He Ooh. He's not really the guy you want handling the ball all the time. He doesn't see the floor particularly well.
1: He's maybe the worst. Instead of handling football. the ball, how about sitting on the bench?
0: Yeah, that's 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 a that's generally a place <laughs> where Celtics fans would love to see him. Uh, he might be the worst player in the NBA at throwing alley-oops. Like, there is wow. a, no one ver- I love that. Alley-oops. Oh my god! There was an alley oop he tried to throw. Uh, god, where was it? It was it was at home recently. <laughs> the ball went all, like about two feet from the top of the backboard. It hit on the side. It was bad. You got wow. to I don't know. I, I don't. Know there's a way to look it up. All right. You had another point. You had two points.
1: Oh yeah. I did. And then I thought of a third, but I don't want to do three. Uh, but, but yeah, my, my other ones. How many
0: comes in threes, so.
1: <laughs> that's true. My, my Tatum, my, oh, my other one is a Tatum one. I just gave it away. <laughs> um, I think I would bluff with him if I'm Ainge. I think I, I think I would say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll offer Tatum, and the second it happens, I'm not doing it. Oh, I'm really? just not doing it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like you can still have the best offer if you're the Celtics, team without him. So I'd I, I say, nah, never mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think
1: the goal would... Unless the Knicks get the number one pick, no one else can beat the offer.
0: But I, I'm, I'm all in on Zion to Atlanta. Like,
1: that oh, would, me too. Oh, my would, God. God. I would, I'd would buy some tickets amazing, right? from here.
0: That would be amazing to watch, first of all. Second of all, the, Atlanta's not trading any
1: of those guys. They don't give a shit. That's, no. that's a perfect place for him to go. They'd win four, they would win four titles. I, I don't, I, yeah. Maybe not, but I, I would love that team.
0: It would be, I mean, between him... Trey Herter, Collins. I mean, that that team is just like just so Back. fun, young, exciting. Like just too young and stupid to know anything. They'd be might be the worst defensive team in the league. They'd have to <laughs> win games like one hundred and fifty to one hundred and forty five, and that would be just amazing to watch.
1: They, they awesome. could trade every other thing for Rudy Gobert, and then <laughs> then they'd fix it.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing,
1: but that would also take
0: Zion out of the running uh, for uh, a, a trade. So that's true. Uh, I would I would love, like, in the ultimate, ultimate best-case scenario, and, okay, let me just preface this okay. by saying that certain things have transpired that are, in basketball senses, beneficial to the Boston Celtics, but I do not, I, I wish they didn't happen. For example, Brandon Ingram had a blood clot. I, I do not wish that Brandon Ingram had a blood clot. I wish that Brandon Ingram was healthy now though in the reality (laughs) But... but in the reality like in the nba reality if you just say like i i don't want this to be the case however new orleans is looking at the lakers offer and brandon ingram is this the centerpiece of that offer and you have to have pause because he may clear medical records and he may be healthy and you have that fear of but if he gets another blood clot, then he becomes Chris Bosch. Yep. And you lose the centerpiece of your trade. So that s- significantly diminishes the trade value.
1: So. And thankfully, Lonzo and Hart are also very healthy.
0: Yes. Right. Exactly. But so. Uh, I. I, I the, the, this is the situation. So it, it's not that I'm reveling in it. I don't want that. I, that's, I, I want everybody to be healthy. I want everybody to be, but the reality is what it is. And now Boston is in a situation to say, well, do you really want Brandon Ingram? We've got Jalen Brown. Who's been playing amazing. Like and Jason Tatum, who you pick one, pick one. We'll keep the other, but you can't have both anymore. Like that's yeah. where Boston is. And I think Boston fans will kind of be like the way Jalen Brown has been playing lately. I think Boston fans would be like, "Yeah, we'll keep if we can keep one of those guys, and give Anthony Davis. Holy shit! Like, holy shit! (laughs) Like that's then you know Warriors East like that. Then I would convince.
1: I would try to convince Kevin Pritchard to pack it up for a year. (laughs) (laughs) You're not winning these next year. Just pack it up.
0: Pack it up, and then and then what? What do you do though?
1: I hope you guys don't keep (laughs) don't retain AD. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um yeah. Jalen Brown demands the max or he walks. I, I don't know, something.
0: Yeah, well that's
1: gonna be weird. okay, so
0: let's um uh, let's, let's wrap this up. I yeah. feel like we're gonna be talking a lot over the next month.
1: Off the rails. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, The this, the Pacers now come into Boston and it's a Friday night and you are uh struggling a bit, losers of four or five. Yes, Um, and you gave up against Oklahoma City, just a little twenty-four nothing run. Uh, This now in Boston is the front end of a back-to-back. How how do you see this going for your guys?
1: Uh, I think you know the, the Pacers are good at like when motivated, they will work their ass off the whole game and. Name McMillan can walk into the locker room five minutes before they run out on the court and say the winner of this game walks out of the building, the four seed. You know that that's the whole speech. Uh, you're fired up for the whole game. Uh, you, you've been playing like shit, like you you just judiciously said. I appreciate that. Yep. Um, so th- there's no reason for them not to be as fired up as they can possibly be, and given that, I think they can compete the entire game now. I think Celtics, given that they have the best player on the court, are the better team. However, that has not translated well for them recently. So I think the Pacers have a as good a chance as anyone would in this scenario. However, I also I I don't know. Like I'm an outsider, I I, I've said that many times to you, but I just feel like you you can't tell me if you're a guy who like if we win we jump this team in the standings like you're not going to have like a little bit more edge like i feel like the Celtics are also going to be like a click up and that makes it harder for the Pacers to overcome
0: it is a little bit different for the Celtics at home versus uh, That's on true. the road and like that the, is true. the Celtics have been pretty good at home uh, we're we're both very similar like both very good at home neither us very good on the road both struggling at the same time um but both weirdly like still have a lot of positive things to kind of hang our hats on. So, uh, the, I could very much see each, each team splitting this and getting down to the weird tiebreaker. And it just comes down to like who finishes strong. Like just because they split doesn't mean like they're going to end up the season tied. One team could still end up ahead of the other, but,
1: um, I wouldn't be surprised at a split, but that... I, uh, oh, ooh, ooh, I got one here. Actually, what? Actually, yeah. John, if they split and end tied, because they both have every single game the rest of the way against Eastern Conference opponents, the Celtics would have a better record against the East in that scenario because they'd have to win one more game than the Pacers the rest of the way to be tied. Oh. So if they split and finish with the same record, the Celtics get the tiebreaker. Really? Yes, ooh. yeah. All right. Who did I see? Adam Kaufman, right? Is that a Celtics guy that exists? He is. Uh, is that a name? That- yeah, that's a, that's a guy that's in Boston. I think that's who it was who tweeted that, and I looked into it, and I said, yes, that is accurate. If, okay. If, if they split and the and and if they split and finish with the same record, the Celtics get it.
0: Interesting. Okay. I guess I I must have misread something, but hey, all right. Well then, if the Celtics win, so then the Celtics win, then all they got to do is end up the season tied. Five. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like. You know why I don't like that? Because <laughs> I don't like that because it gives the it gives Boston an out. And the Every time the to the to me the the Celtics' biggest nemesis has been uh, when things are going good. Like they they don't the Celtics' pattern has been that when once things are going great, that's when they screw up the most. Like that's why they blow these big leads. That's why they the, their their worst moments have been the blown lead against the Clippers, the blown lead against the Lakers, the blown lead against Charlotte. The, when they get up big, they say, oh, right, time for me to cash in and get my numbers. <laughs> and so, again, back to the Charlotte game. They were up 18, Jalen Brown's cooking. A couple of guys take you know ill-advised pull-up jumpers, and then what they don't do is after they take a couple of pull-up jumpers and give up, easy baskets in transition because after you miss pull-up jumpers, these guys hang their heads. What they don't do is say, okay, refocus, let's get back to doing the things that we did. They just continue to cascade down this weird, bad uh, trend. So for them, if they know, like I hope no Boston anybody with the team is listening to this podcast because once they know that all they have to do is win one game, then they'll lose this game because they're like, ah, we got another one. Like that's that's the Boston way this season. They'd be like, Ah, eh, who cares? We 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 just gotta win the other one. And then they, they'll go into the other one and be like, Oh god, then it's it's on the road and the Pacers are gonna be amped up at home and they'll yes. lose that one too. Like that's that's the Boston way. So uh Boston needs to win this game.
1: That's all you need to know, Celtics. Yes. And headline. Someone hide someone get the Boston Globe on the line. <laughs> Boston needs to win this game.
0: All right, that's uh.
1: Yeah, no no, 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 I'm closing this. Uh, I need you to give me your exact score prediction.
0: Oh, <laughs> for, for for the Friday night game. Uh, yes. Okay, my exact score prediction is actually my. Mm, I'm actually gonna say. Uh, one ten. Boston is gonna win, and it's gonna be like. 110 to 91
1: like it's wow gonna be, they're it's gonna, gonna kill him
0: yeah yeah wow
1: they did kill him last time in Boston that was brutal. yeah
0: I think I think brutal. boston comes out like after everything there's a this just feels like the type of game where they've lost a bunch and uh I know that they won their last game but like that last game was they beat Cleveland and they needed like a late run to beat Cleveland so that almost doesn't count Um, they, (laughs) so I, I would say that this feels like the type of just the way the season has gone, the response game, the response game at home. And they really, really, really feed off that home crowd. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a pull away in the fourth quarter, like going into the fourth quarter, it's a six point game. And then all of a sudden, you know, Somebody like Rozier comes out of nowhere and hits, like, three straight threes, and the crowd's going nuts, and it's over. Wow. Yeah. And it's gonna be, If like, Rozier
1: cool hits thing. three straight threes, this game is over.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Like, he can do it, but, like, that, I feel like something weird's going to happen like that, and that's what's going to be what, what decides it.
1: No. That, that, that's a good answer. Sometimes I just – one time I've just wanted to, like, price is right. Somebody and just be like, well, I think it's going to be 110 to 92, <laughs> idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never done it. Um, oh, God. I think it's going to be closer than that, but I don't know. I'll go like 105, hundred Celtics. I think the home team wins both the games the rest of the way though.
0: I, I, that would not surprise me at all. That's very on brand for both teams.
1: Chaos, baby. My favorite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Now I get to wrap up the show.
1: Yes. Sorry.
0: Thanks for listening. Everybody. Hope all of you new listeners are uh, willing to subscribe. And Hey, I would say for all the Celtics listeners subscribe to the Locked On Pacers. We're going to get to know these guys uh, very intimately over the next month, so go ahead and subscribe. <laughs> Remember, you can subscribe to this show or the Locked On Pacers show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Celtics or Locked On Pacers. It'd be great to listen to after all of these games, leading into all of these games. It's always good to get the other team's perspective. Tony. Thank you very much for...
1: Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. It was a good time.
0: It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, Packet, and J. Locked on Celtics.